Hey, Boston, what are you doing? What are you doing out there in Boston land? You know, people always say, um, you don't say West Roxbury. You don't say Dorchester. When I say Boston, I'm talking about all those places. You are in the village with Willie P. Uh, welcome. Welcome to WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. That's all of you guys out there. I have a special guest. She is an author. So I thought I wouldn't do as much music as before that I would bring someone on who we're going to talk. We're going to talk about everything. So, you know, you know how I roll in the village. I I got to tell you about stuff. She's an author. She is a poet and she's a teacher and her book is deeply rooted. Her name is Jeannie Rawls. Hello, Jeannie. How are you? Hi, Miss Willie. How are you? Good. Welcome to my show. I'm, we've been trying to get you on for a while now, and it seems like it's going to happen. You know, God is good. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I know it's it's been a bumpy road, but thank God we are here. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to um, just let people know who you are. And um, I know that you're a teacher in the Boston area. Is that right? Yes. Um, so my name is Jeannie Rolls. I am a poet, author, model, actress, and educator here in Boston. Um, I am a Spanish teacher in Brook High School. All right. And she came to share some of her wisdom. So I was reading this particular book. Um, called Deeply Rooted. And is this your first book? Was this No, your this is my book? second, my second book. Oh, okay. And it's about, it's, I think it's a self-help. That's, that's what I looked at it as being a self-help book, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So how long, when did you publish this book? Um, I published this book February 22nd mm -hmm. this year. This year. All right. How how is it going? How is that going for you? Um, it's going amazing, actually. Um, with this book, I tried my best to do do more marketing and implement everything I learned from my first book to do better in this book. <laughs> it's kind of like parenting, you know. Your first child is like the trial. <laughs> yes. The second child, you already kind of got the hang of it. Mm -hmm. Um. So you know, I did more marketing. I included bookmarks, personalized pens. And um, I started doing more vending tables and more, you know, self um, like self-help, mm -hmm. poetry workshops and things of that sort that can help me with my book. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, and get it to the right people. Get it into the um, people yes. that's going to benefit from um, your writing. And that's always a um, challenge when people publish books. So, um, and I know that I am involved and I've done some speaking engagements with young kids and young adults. And I know it's that they always want to see people that look like them. Right. They, they have, they, <laughs> that, that is so amazing that they, they really do want to see people like you and, 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 or me. And they go, oh, you really wrote that book? Did you really yeah. <laughs> do it? 
It's like, but but that's what we need. We need more people doing things in the community or being involved so kids can see, yes, that is possible. Absolutely. And that's exactly why representation is so important because, you know, our our younger kids, those are our future leaders and they need to be able to have that confidence and see, wow, you look like me and you did this. That means I can do it, too. Absolutely. Now, what grade you teach? What grade do you teach? Um, I agree. I teach grades nine and ten. Now, what are your challenges? Because. Because I know that was this part of the reason that you wrote your book or you just wanted to express some emotional feelings you had? Um, What was the kind of driving force for publishing your book? Okay, so the driving force of publishing my book, well, it all started with a heartbreak, of course. (laughs) My first book, I got heartbroken. I was destroyed, Miss Willie. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And um, that happened right during COVID. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whenever I used to struggle with anything in my life, I always ran to the arts. And, um, you know, I've been doing theater since I was 12 years old. So theater is my everything, my first love is theater. Um, But then we hit COVID and I couldn't run to theater anymore because everything was shut down, you know, theaters and any type of art facility, everything was just closed down. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going through this. What am I going to do? So I decided to pick up the pen and paper and just started writing and writing and writing and I couldn't stop. Then I find myself with all of these poems and I'm like, what am I going to (laughs) do? And I'm like, you know what? We're going to go big or go home. We're going to publish it. Let's figure it out. Yes. And that was the most vulnerable and scariest moment of my life. And it took so much courage to really put myself out there and put my emotions out there like, this is me. This is what you get. This is as raw as it gets. But honestly, it was so liberating, so liberating and so powerful because I'm like, wow, this is like my emotions <laughs> just out there. <laughs> and then with the second book, it was more of a healing. Uh, I was focusing a lot on healing my inner child and truly you know, taking accountability and getting a lot of reflection on my part. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people in their early 20s, they're going through a lot of self-exploration and healing through from, like you know, childhood and teenage years. And that's kind of where I found myself. And that's really what inspired my second book, mm-hmm. The Healing Journey. Yeah. And when I do a lot of speaking engagement with young kids, I always tell them, write down your emotions, write them down. You got to get them out of your head. You got to get them onto the paper so that you can see that mountain is just a pebble. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's not (laughs) as big as you think it is. And when, when they do that and I start to to have them in, even from the five, fifth graders, sixth graders, they they writing stuff down and, and, they, and they go, I don't know how to write a poem. Everything you see and say is a poem. 
Yes. I didn't go. Yes, everything is art. Everything is art. They go, no. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say. That's, that's a poem. I don't know what to say is a poem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, literally. It's so funny you say that. For my first book, um, to hold myself accountable, I said, I'm going to write five poems a day. Five. It didn't matter what, but I needed to write five pages of something. <laughs> I literally have a notebook where it says, la, la, la. I don't know what to say. <laughs> But I, I wrote something and yes. that was to hold myself accountable. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's, it's amazing. Literally. And I just went yeah. to a school in New Bedford. Um, I was invited to this school. It's called Our, um, Our Sister School. And it's a STEM mm. school that teaches kids um, about technology, technology, engineering, and art. And oh, I wow. and uh, alternative school and these kids are doing coding, and I thought, wow, they're not getting any. They're not city or federal funded. There's just um, the grant money and whatever they can get from donations, and they run the school. And I had a very wonderful opportunity to go down and be one of the speakers down there, and it was so. I was. Like when I saw all the technology and these kids were uh, surrounded by, I was I was intimidated. I'm like these kids know more than me. I'm like I felt intimidated, <laughs> but but I was able to share my poetry, and this is something I did that you probably um, I don't know if they use it a lot in school. I was able to I'm taking you know four tools and um, and I said to them. I'm calling on the person who don't stand, you know, that shy person. I want them to yes. come up front. I want that yeah. shy person. A lot of times we get, you know, when you're teaching kids, the the one who raised the hand or the the noisy one get picked on, all, you know, calls all the time. So I said, yeah, no, I want to speak to that person. I want them to come up front. And I want to speak to that person who never. So, you know, of course, kids pointing them out. I'm like, go ahead, point them out, point them out, because <laughs> I'm going to call on them. So they come up. And I think when they said, the teacher said, what's your takeaway from all of, you know, I did some games and some, yeah. some poetry with them. And two of the takeaways I thought it was very impressive. One of the girls said, Thank you for calling on the people who never get called on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh. And the teacher said the same thing. She said, I'm glad. You know, usually we don't think of that. And she said, and I'm glad you did that because that just kind of let us know. that. And I said, I guarantee you that kid tonight is going to go home and feel, wow, I didn't fall apart. <laughs> I'm still yes. here. I'm still here. Yes. So I And that's think, such a boost of confidence. Yes. So I, I know that you are, are you doing any speaking engagements like that? I know you're a teacher, but do you go and, you know, share your wisdom and your poetry with um, other schools? Have you had an opportunity to do that yet? So I have not, but that is definitely something that I am in the works of starting to do. Um, I am part of the poetry club at my school. So I do connect and engage with the youth in that way. 
Um, but I do want to start doing a little more guest speaking. And I do, I do open mic. Mm-hmm. I do open mics a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely want to do a little more with, um, like you said, engagement with the youth and speaking to them. Because like I said, those are our, our future leaders. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't want, I, I have to laugh because I have to, I, I'm one of the old schoolers. I find teachable moments too because I know yeah. kids they don't think and I think we for, we have given them so much stuff that they I'm not saying all kids but some kids have just become lazy <laughs> they are not yeah. motivated they they think the world owes them something and and I said the other day I was walking into the um store the kid it was three or four boys, and they were standing there waiting for me to open the door. And I said to them, after I opened the door, I said, you should have opened that door. For me, I'm a senior, and I'm a woman. He goes, oh, yeah, you're right. See, guys, we should have opened that door. They never thought about it. I said, so next time when a woman or a senior is standing at that door, open it for them. He said, we will, we will. Teachable moments. Yeah. We have to do that. We they don't know. Sometimes they don't know. Nobody's teaching them. Right. Don't you think? Don't I you? agree. Yeah. I I definitely agree. I feel like, especially working with high schoolers, like you said, I do realize how lazy they are. And and not on a they're lazy because they just wanna be. It's true. We've given them so much and honestly, technology isn't helping. No. They have they have this contraption. They have phones and laptops that they have this quick, easy access. They don't have to put in any work. No, you know, and and I feel like that that is very detrimental to the brain, if I'm being honest. Yes. <laughs> you know, I feel like they don't use their brain to their full capacity because everything is so you just Google it. <laughs> Literally, you Google it, you ask Siri and it's just you get the answer. And I'm like. Guys, we're losing it. We're losing the the actual function of our brains. And it's thinking, I feel like thinking is slowly getting lost yeah. in the world. Yeah. Becoming yeah. Us. I Becoming really feel obsolete. like that. <laughs> Seriously. And I'm like, guys, you need to use your brains. Think. Like, it's funny. I hand out worksheets and I write instructions and Miss, I don't know what I have to do. And I asked them, did you read the instructions? They're on the paper. No, can you just tell me? No, I cannot. Read the paper. <laughs> read, read, read. It's, yeah, read. It's it's totally, I, and we were talking about the other day, cursor is getting lost. You know, writing cursor, mm. cursive writing. Yes, yes. Kids can't, I, I know they're trying to get rid of checks and money orders, but they haven't. So right. they don't know how to fill out a money order or write a check if necessary. How to right. how to how to do an envelope, you know, do some mailing if you have to. Or even simple things like counting money back. Who does that? If the right. machine if the machine is down, they don't know what to do. They can't even count money back or subtract it, yeah. you know? <laughs> Oh, the machine, yeah. the machine does it. <laughs> so you- literally, and I feel like, sorry, not to cut you off, but those are regular like life hacks that we should know. Yes. 
Yes, yes. And and not to get away from your book, but I just I think it's so I think it's so amazing that um that the education and and the system is like almost do you feel like it's going backwards? I'm just, you know, of as a teacher, do you think it's kind of going backwards like the education One ho- system? Yeah, 100%. I really do. And it's very sad, very sad to watch. And as someone that is in it, I can see how even our own kids are going backwards due to COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, a a lot of kids came back to school. Social anxiety is through the roof, Miss Willie. Like these kids even interacting with each other, they're awkward. Mm -hmm. It's very weird. And and then in the classroom, I don't know. I, I personally feel like the disrespect is worse. After coming back, I feel like it's harder for them to focus, to mm. sit down. Um, yeah, like I do see there's a lot of struggles and it's it's declining like mm. very slowly. Yeah, wow. it is. It really is. Wow. That's mm-hmm. that's it's wow. We are WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston Community Radio. And I'm talking to Jenny Rose. I like to say that because she's such a peach, but she's a rose. (laughs) Are you going to be able to read some of your poetry, one of your poems for us? Yes, absolutely. All right. Now, which one is this? I am going to read my poem called Quickly. Okay. From the book. Okay. So, quickly. Life comes at you fast. You have to make these huge life-changing decisions. Nobody can make them for you. Nobody can tell you the outcome. Nobody knows the right or wrong direction. But you must make a choice. Quickly, time is ticking. Things are getting worse. You're feeling overwhelmed, looking more exhausted. Quickly, time is ticking. Did you decide yet? Are you ready to change your life forever? No, not yet. Okay, stay put. Stay stuck. Stay in that never-ending cycle, even though you have the power to break it. But fear, fear takes over. I freeze. I can't breathe. Trembling at the thought of messing my life up. How will I ever forgive myself? Will I pay the consequences? Will life kick me down even more? I guess I'll just have to find out. Now jump. And that is my poem quickly. (laughs) Look, I'm snapping, but nobody can hear me, but I'm snapping. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That's, That's wonderful. Where were you kind of in that? moment you wrote that kind of what were your thought process at that moment because it's really a deep poem yeah so in that moment um I was actually stuck at a job that I really wanted to leave and I would kind of I felt fear and guilt for wanting to leave my job but I just kind of knew at the time like this is this job is not for me and I just, I would go into that job every day and I'm like, I'm wasting my time right now. Mm. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my life. 
And I'm like, I need to make a decision. I know I need to make a decision to leave and stick to it. Um, but I was just very afraid. I was scared, you know, it's, and I feel like there's a lot of people in that position Absolutely. that there's certain things you want to do. And it's not just a job. It could be a relationship. You want to leave a relationship. You want to leave a job. You want to, you know, change something about your life and change is so scary. Yes, sometimes. it is. Sometimes people want to move. <laughs> yes. Even moving out and, and I just knew in my spirit, I knew in my spirit, I need to do something about it. But I'm very, I was just very afraid. But at the same time, I'm like, if I don't do it now, I never will. Mm, mm, so mm. it was but, kind of that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know people who um, will read that or hear on the radio will hear that, will kind of go, mm, I've been in that same situation. Trust me. I was in that yeah. same situation where you want to go, you but you know, if you leave, you got to deal with those emotions, those emotions, yes. and you just don't want to mm. have to deal with them. Not right now, but later, you know, right. you keep putting they it off. Later. <laughs> you keep putting <laughs> it off and putting it off and it doesn't yes. make it any better. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Because it's still go it's going to hit like a pack of bricks. Yeah. No matter what. Yes. You have another Absolutely. one for us? Do you have another one? I for do. Him? Okay, go ahead. Yes, go. I do. The next one that I have is called The Quiet Mind. Quiet this mind, quiet these voices in my head. The ones that always got something to say, always judging, always nudging for me to do and say the opposite of what I truly want to do. My mind is racing, always pacing, trying to be mindful, but instead my mind's full. I'm restless. I turn to God in times like these. I need a break so God I seek to quiet my racing mind and help me sleep. To clear my head so my thoughts can flow and I can go back to resting and laying low. You see, they don't teach us mindfulness in schools. They don't acknowledge the importance of quieting the mind. Instead, they do everything in their power to keep us distracted, depressed, and exhausted. God, please quiet my mind. Nice. <laughs> I love your poetry. I, I, I read your book, and it's called Deeply Rooted. And um, I love the fact that, um, and they can... Um, um, I I know that um, you're on Amazon, and yes. um, and deeply rooted, um, her book. And um, if is there anything that you would like to leave, like a word of wisdom, you would like to leave for the listening audience? Mm. Yes, that's Miss Rose. <laughs> <laughs> What I would like to say is whatever it is that you fear the most, do that. Do it scared, do it trembling, do it nervous, but do it. I feel like there is so much power in doing what you have to do, even though you're afraid, don't let the fear paralyze you. Um, because if I would have let fear paralyze me, I wouldn't be a published author today. Right. I wouldn't be 
a teacher, I wouldn't be who I am at all. So face your fears. That's what I have to say. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Um, you have been listening to WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston Community Radio. And I have been talking to Jeannie Rose, and her book is deeply rooted. Thank you, Jenny, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Miss Willie. You're welcome. And for the audience, for the audience, please follow me on Instagram, genie.rose. I'm also, I have a website. You can get my books, um, genierose.com. And you can find me on Facebook as well, Genie Rose. Thank Woo, you. Thank weird. you, Miss Willie. Yes.